What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to chapter 124 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Jesus Q Connection episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Liv Posting, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, Liv has prepared an episode on a book called The Jesus Q Connection, which she read by choice, which leads me to believe that she's as much of a masochist as Travis, who is impossible to punish because he'll just kind of like, on his own volition, go and read 400 pages of some crazy QAnon guy's book, right? You've done this multiple times now. I think it's interesting. You, you get, in the, get in their heads in sort of a, a way that's uh, you know, a little bit more right. fulfilling than just tweets. Yeah. And that prepares you for uh, the sicko that is Liv. Uh, who also somehow? Yeah, I mean, we just we just like saw it on a stream, basically, and yeah. you were like, "I I am going to read it all." And then, it, did you mention there are multiple books? Um, he he does have two more books, the author. Um, and he is working on more, I believe. Uh, wow. But I, I will say this is, I think, my last my last book for this guy. <laughs> this is potentially the the bottom of the barrel in terms of Q mm-hmm. books, which you know, it's already a pretty yeah. low bar. I mean, yeah, it's pretty low. Real, I, I, real trash. Yeah. I also yeah. vaguely, vaguely remember you mentioning, Liv, that um, when you purchased the book, uh, it accidentally showed up as a receipt on your father's like Amazon <laughs> account. Yes, yeah, you and can, you were you were forced to do some explaining. I'll bet you you can send the Kindle to uh, a certain device, and the automatic device it had was my dad's Kindle. So I was like. Mm. <laughs> Look, you're going to see a book and it's going to be called the Jesus Q Connection. Just to be clear, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am not a Q person. And that is why it's on there. I'm reading it as like a joke. So yeah, he took it. He took it well, though. There was no few. Yeah, thankfully. (laughs) So I guess prepare yourself, uh, listener, for a deep dive into the theological treaties that uh, broke live posting, who was supposed to do three. But I guess Hercules will just get through one feat. Uh, and we're going to see, a, you know, get a peek into this guy's mind palace from which this entire theory was born. Like, what drove him to create it? Is mm-hmm. it any good? Is it even great? Is it fantastic? Should it be the guiding text for a spiritual life on Earth? The Jesus Q Connection. The first thing you should know about this book is that it is an absolutely awful read. <laughs> it really is good to know that the contemporary form of Mein Kampf is a self-published Kindle book containing within it numerous hyperlink URLs to YouTube videos alongside warnings that, quote, this might not still be up because of deep state shadow cabal censorship. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, he made a very direct choice to keep the URLs in the the book form because I'm assuming he only imagined that it would be published in Kindle form. So Right. It's he, a, it's an interactive book, a bit like what you would find on that MAGA USB key. Um, a little bit of choose your own adventure. Yeah, you kind know. of yeah, exactly. Yeah. More of a video game really than a book. And Absolutely. often that adventure leads you to a broken link. Yeah, it's an FMV <laughs> yeah, yeah. choose your own adventure. <laughs> The author, Ethan Lucas, has no sense of what the phrase structured argument means, nor how to divide a book into chapters with coherent subjects, which are in some ways separated from the others. The book beat me down into a half-attentive state and switched around unconnected topics so often that I ended up knowing where I was about as well as the mother in Goodbye Lennon. This is is an amazing description to the journey and to these books. It really is brutal. It's a gauntlet to get through them. Absolutely. I definitely, I admit, I did do some skim reading for some of it. There there was definitely repeats, and especially the, the Bill Gates conspiracy stuff. I was like, okay, I, I've seen all this. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really don't think we can begin to understand this book without a look into the author, Ethan Lucas. According to Ethan, he is a author, journalist, and musician living in Nashville, Tennessee. He seems to be a minorly successful local musician within Nashville who, at least according to him, owns a construction and real estate company. He also importantly engages in some interesting to quote the book, independent research into the fields of, quote, philosophy, religious studies, ancient symbolism, astrology, numerology, mysticism, Mm. mythology, metaphysics, quantum physics, astrophysics, (laughs) biology, (laughs) chemistry, evolution, history, ontological mathematics, and so on and on and on. By the way, the the and on and on and on is a quote from him. That's not not me. (laughs) 
Yeah, he's like, I listen. I know you think this list is really long, but uh, let me assure so much you, more. It goes longer. <laughs> <laughs> to put it bluntly, Ethan's personality is a postmodern pastiche of Adolf Eichmann. His view of his own intelligence is clearly far above that of what is demonstrated through his writing abilities. <laughs> to quote some of his writing within the Jesus Q connection, and keep in mind. There are many who have not done the extensive research that I have, nor have they been exposed to the information or the insiders working in security clearance and military that I have, <laughs> nor have they had the privilege of being mentored by some of the brightest minds in esoteric studies mm. with a long lineage of connections to the occult and secret societies. I can honestly say that I have been fortunate enough to have all of that at my disposal without having to live a secret life. And it seems to be part of my calling to share this with the world. And so, for those people who haven't been a part of this very interesting and critical truth about our reality, that is very much hidden. Some stuff very, very hidden. And other things hidden in plain sight. Ethan is a joiner. He has invested his entire identity and sense of self into a social movement or group that he's joined only after it's become socially relevant. Looking at his Facebook feed, where he now posts an incredibly large amount of Q content to his 700 or so Facebook followers, he began to publicly support Trump in 2017, uploading a video to his Facebook feed of him arguing with liberals at what seems to be an anti-Trump protest in March. Ethan's political posting, at this point, just pro-Trump, began to pick up at the later half of 2018, with no mention of QAnon. The only vaguely related Q posting here comes from the hashtag TheAwakening that he put at the end of some of his awful cliche advice posts. As an example, There are many people who need you to be a light for them, but don't set yourself on fire to do that. Hashtag the awakening. <laughs> what? <laughs> so true. Yeah, don't get banned on Facebook just because your mom won't listen to you. <laughs> Although this seems to be in reference to something purely religious, that is the awakening hashtag, as he also had a pre-Q Facebook page about why organized religion is bad, which is a point we'll get to later, called The Awakening as well. Mm. On a side note, this is also further proof of his similarity to Eichmann. Even a cursory glance at the sections of his Facebook feed that he personally writes shows that Ethan has built his worldview based upon, to quote a Renz analysis of Eichmann, stock phrases and self-invented cliches. Another example of this is a Facebook post which reads, You only have to tune into the frequency. God is a frequency like a radio station, and so is the devil. Which one are you <laughs> dialed into? That's the one you'll experience. It's pretty simple, actually. Hashtag the awakening. A uh, guy who's confused that one radio station only plays hard rock and the other one only plays gospel. <laughs> yeah, that's like life, basically. It's two radio stations. <laughs> Especially considering the coincidence between the awakening and Q's great awakening, it's funny to see that he only begins to explicitly post about QAnon in March of this year, with a post in March 17th reading, When the video of hashtag Hillary Clinton and hashtag Huma Abedin comes out with them raping and mutilating an underage girl, don't watch it. Yes, it's real, but it's only on the dark web right now. However, someone is bound to leak it other places. You're about to fully understand the hashtag Corona lockdown. Wait, the idea is you if you watch Frazzle Drip, you'll understand Corona? <laughs> Holy shit. No, this rocks. <laughs> it's all connected. I can be fairly certain I didn't miss any previous QAnon posts, considering some of the very confused replies to this post from non-Q people, with one person commenting, <laughs> for instance, what the fuck are you even talking about? Oh, they got pandemic pilled. So many people, yeah. they just oh, yeah. like they just had their brains fried by oh, the yeah. uh, pandemic. What I saw is just everyone has an unpleasant friend like Travis. <laughs> and finally, on March 29th, he makes a Facebook post in relation to Trump extending social distancing guidelines to the 30th of April reading. And what did I say about April 30th and the following day, May 1st, in my live broadcast here on Facebook two Wednesdays ago? Go listen. This is not a drill or a coincidence. Hashtag Q is real, and April 30th is the day that Canaanite and Illuminati mythology says that Cain killed Abel. This is also why Hitler supposedly killed himself on this date. This date is very important and significant to hashtag the cabal. Hashtag Trump is orchestrating this perfectly. This is around the time that this book is published. I think about a month before. So he's he's clearly working out the Jesus Q connection uh, thesis in this post. Following this point into now, 
he begins posting an incredibly large amount of QAnon boomer memes and political takes. Considering how right-wing his political posting was previously to this, I have to believe that he genuinely was pilled in March of this year, and wasn't hiding it previously. Many of these types of passionate late arrivers to QAnon are quite similar to each other in that they will only be a part of a social movement or political ideology if it is shown to be popular. This group of people reminds me of the wave of German citizens who joined the Nazi party following the Reichstag decree in 1932, which, of course, Eichmann was in. This poor guy just wants to make a couple bucks on Kindle, and now he's being compared to Eichmann. It's such a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope, folks. First, first you're being a, a Christian fascist doing anti-Semitism, and then <laughs> the next that, then someone out and compares you to Eichmann. It's, you know, it's tough. Clearly, clearly Q people are oppressed because I'm oppressing them here. Beyond this, Lucas is an absolutely awful writer. His terrible writing skills are multifaceted, insofar as he has no capacity to follow writing conventions, as I'll demonstrate from some passages, and also has no ability whatsoever to organize his thoughts in a coherent, orderly way. To quote from early in the book, Keep in mind also that I like to write the way I speak, very casual and in a conversation-like <laughs> feel, even with very deep intellectual and philosophical topics. Mm -hmm. When I was in high school and college, I was always extremely annoyed by the rigid and dogmatic style yeah. of writing, mm -hmm. which was expected of anyone who wanted to be taken seriously, whether it be a book, a paper, or even just a short article. This is 100% me in my undergrad poetry class before like reading anybody's poetry. I should have admitted then that I don't like to read poetry. I just want to write it. But instead, I'm like, well, you know, they've come up with conventions and such. I'm, I can break them in advance before even knowing what they are. Who gives a shit? The quote goes on. Needless to say, I'm over it. And since no one is grading my work any longer, I'm keeping everything low-key conversational and to hell with quote-unquote proper punctuation and grammar. Yeah. No one speaks that way, even highly intellectual and educated speakers. So why do we insist on writing that way? Again, I'm over it. So here we are, and this is where we begin. So that I'm down with this entire passage. Good for you, buddy. He's a free spirit. He's Throw off the shackles. Wants. Exactly. I was sort of feeling that, I guess, at the beginning, and then, you know, 200 pages later. <laughs> no. Wait, are you like... saying that I shouldn't be cheering on the guy that you are making an analysis comparing to, uh, I <laughs> that I'll learn that, that this was a mistake later? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's never comforting when someone starts out with this book with, don't you dare judge me for how I write. Yeah, my fucking writing is garbage, but it's a choice. Yeah, grammar rules are authoritarian. Ethan also frequently spells words wrong for emphasis, as if he's writing a script for someone to read where, in the end product, the text he is writing won't be visible. <laughs> their freedom and solidarity amongst their friends, family, and peers is very much an illusion, and they don't even know it. It's sad, but true. So, moving on with Q. <laughs> In fact, the biggest conspiracy theory now that actually is a theory and not a fact is the whole, spelled in all caps, entire belief <laughs> in the official COVID-19 narrative. He's a poster through and through. Oh, yeah. It's it's hard to properly convey how stupid this is in podcast form, but I hope the listener yeah. can understand how it yes. feels to be reading a book and see the word whole spelled in all caps with six O's and three L's. <laughs> Well, he's like a, yeah, he's a valley girl. He's on the phone with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the human body is a carbon-based life form, and the 666 reference in that regard is being made to the carbon atom, which is composed of six electrons, <laughs> six protons, and six neutrons. Six, six, six. Wait, so like the building blocks of reality are satanic. <laughs> Just incredible. Oh, yeah. But that's not all. Asterisk, read in the voice of a late-night infomercial voiceover. This is completely based on a barcode scanning type technology. Type. Can't even. Yeah. Not going to look into that yeah. too much. Yeah, all right. Bad copy. Some sort of thing related to the yeah, the scanning stuff. Yeah, this book honestly just reads like shit posts. And, and not funny shit posts, but ones from older blue check journalists that just found out what like the word corn cobbing means. Lucas also has a hard time understanding what empirical data means or what is required for something to be proven. There are many points in this book where an absurd and objectively incorrect opinion is taken for granted as correct. Here are a few of the funniest examples. And I love Alex. He has a lot of spirit. You can call him a conspiracy theorist if you want, but he's actually been factually and historically vindicated and proven right many, many, many times. And he does have a lot of high-level connections. 
That's what I'm saying, that this is important to note that after Alex explicitly declared exposing Q on air, that he basically went back on his word without even mentioning it again. Huge indicator that Q is for real, despite the backlash. The recent, as of the writing of this book, shutdowns of society over a virus that is a common one, a coronavirus, even though it's supposedly a new strain and more dangerous, has been proven as of recently, as I'm writing this, to be completely overhyped and not so deadly after all. There are apparently over 100,000 sealed indictments currently as I write this book that Q and the Anons claim are for this entire network of criminals stretching from governments to large corporations to Hollywood and beyond. And it makes sense. Go look at the evidence if you haven't already. Again, I can't spend too much time in this book on rolling out Q or QAnon evidence. It's widely available all over the internet. If he put Q in the title of the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't expect me to rail on about Q. Yeah, uh, when are we going to get to the Jesus stuff? That's Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to get hammered, my friend. Okay, Don't worry. Good, they good, always good. get to Jesus. If there is another election, it of course will be Trump who wins that election, and I predict that he will use the remaining final four years of his presidency finishing the job. From there, it will be up to us to continue to usher in the kingdom of heaven on earth. I don't have time to really lay out the groundwork here to prove that this system is rooted in Nazi Germany. Nor do I have the time to lay groundwork here that Nazi Germany was indeed a direct creation of the Illuminati. But I wouldn't make that claim if the facts to back it up didn't exist. IQ in America has dropped significantly over the past half a century or so. <laughs> Almost 70% of Americans range between 85 to 115 on the IQ scale. Yep. That's, oh, that's how that works. That's the average range. I hurt I hurt from having to read that's, this. Yeah, it's, it's also the, the opposite of true. They apparently had to recalibrate the IQ scale because people are actually getting smarter. Right. Also, that's right. Like 100 is supposed to be average. So it's moved around. So based it's, it's, on it's the always average. 100. Yeah. Anyways, the, these are the, the I think, the, the cherry-picked best examples of him saying oh. something and taking it as objectively correct. Or like, you know, it's true. Yeah. You can go look it up or whatever. Yeah, or it's don't. So obvious. Believe me, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Yeah, exactly. Which is just great. You're in, a, you're in your own book. Yeah. You're in the place where you're supposed to lay everything out and prove it, at least cursor, uh, cur, like no. in a cursory yeah. fashion. You could quote somebody who had done it for you. No, no, it's just it's incredible narcissism. So, listen, listen, I said it. Me, the person, the protagonist Would of I reality lie to you? Is, yeah. is talking to you right now. Would so I trust lie to me. you? I am you because I'm here writing this. Yeah. It truly is beautiful, the capacity that the Anon brain has for synthesis of absolutely ridiculous and incorrect positions. It's like their smooth brains use the limited surface area they have as efficiently as possible by connecting every single possible point they believe with something else. Thankfully. Regardless of how much of the QAnon interpretation has been correct on the part of the Anons, there remains one huge and obvious indicator that it's for real. Trump was the choice of the patriots in the military to take back our nation from the deep state and the cabal, and now the Illuminati. They recruited Trump to be the frontman for this plan because they knew that he too is true patriot. He loves America, and he couldn't be bought out or compromised. Just struggling man because yeah it is, and the he's writing also, is oh it's terrible he doesn't even follow like if you read enough you have like this weird uh tendency to go towards cliches that work they've mm -hmm. been around because they function to to move your 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 thing forward or to not have people confused until the last third of your sentence and yet he just absolutely eschews all of that making me believe that he doesn't actually read that much mm. that's why he has to write like a poster no no he reads but he reads posts oh, right, of course. Yes. Yes. yeah well the novel of our age, obviously. Of course, which is so depressing. I mean, we actually debate posts more than novels or movies now, yeah. by far. Yeah. Just to do some fact-checking on that quote, because I could not resist, in the latest results, based on a 1,000 active-duty troops surveyed in late July and early August, nearly half of respondents, 49.9%, had an unfavorable view of the president, compared to about 38% who had a favorable view. So you can, you can find these errors, you yeah. know, claiming that the reason that Trump has um, clearly um, been chosen uh, to destroy the deep state is because of how, the, how much the military loves him. And just, mm -hmm. you can find, they're just absolutely riddled throughout the book. There's purely an internal logic and then exposing it to anything on the outside, anything in the real world, and it just corrupts all of it. 
All right. Anyways, moving on to the actual content of the book, finally. Attempting to get to the main point of this book felt like I was doing an editing job for Ethan Lucas, i.e. actually taking his work and categorizing it into unique and distinct arguments, because of course he had not done that himself. A quote which perfectly summarizes the main thrust of the book is the following. When Jesus was filling the role of the Q-plus archetype 2,000 years ago, he knew that proofs were important, but he didn't even announce himself or his ministry for 30 years. He was literally here for 30 years before even beginning to reveal himself or his mission to anyone. And at first he only revealed that to a small circle of people, his Anons. Damn, I can see the Jesus connection, the Jesus Q connection starting to form. Mm. Absolutely. The original 12 followers were Anon Anons. Yes, they were just, right, right. it's yes. like Tracy Beans and like- Yeah, like, less than 10, <laughs> less than 10 people are aware of the op. <laughs> who's Judas? The, wait, who's Judas? Who's Paul? Judas of the first uh, of the first twelve oh. influencers? In the Michael, it's got to be Tracy Beans because she actually oh, yes, did. She, she was the Judas. She, she did denounce QAnon eventually. Mm. Jesus, you're starting to believe these things <laughs> they say of you. You really do believe this talk of God is true. Wow. <laughs> Oh, well, you guys don't like Jesus Christ Superstar? Congrats, Liv. You you have our first Jake breaking into a fucking song. Oh, when I hear Jesus, all I can think of oh, is your favorite all music. The great songs. Yes. Yeah. As a Jew, yeah, uh, you, you were like, Fiddler on the listening. Roof. Sounds Semitic. Uh, Fiddler I'm on the Roof. I'm looking for that Jesus shit. Yeah. Uncut. I'm looking for that rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, I got to do more Jesus episodes then. We got to make sure. Get, get as much singing and <laughs> the dancing. The full as musical on, on tape as much as we can, sung by one person. Or we can redress. Uh, the, the wrongs of history and write Fiddler on the Roof Superstar. Jesus, listen, I don't like what I see. All I ask is that you listen to me and remember my admiration. Okay, all right. So, uh, yeah, sorry. No, it's good, though. I you like can it. Cut, you cut yeah. all that. What please. do you mean? No, no, no I'm no, definitely no, leaving this. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no fucking way. My <laughs> admiration for you don't take hasn't it died. <laughs> all right, don't know how okay, to encourage right, you, but right, also sorry. convince you will leave it in. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Lucas essentially believes that the figure of Q is one that has been taken up by multiple figures throughout history to fight Satan and the forces of evil, the Illuminati, etc. And that one of these Q figures has been Donald Trump. And for those of you who still don't fully understand, Trump isn't Q. Just like George Washington wasn't Q. Just like Peter or Paul weren't Q. Wow. Just like Moses wasn't Q. But they all played that role. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is Q, and he works through us in our roles in the fight for humanity. So I'm just, like, wondering if, like, in fucking Mesopotamia they had, like, a dive bar and some guy was just, like, scrawling uh, conspiracy theories on a tablet while everybody was getting drunk off their asses. I mean, how would you uh, how would you appear on 4chan and post anonymously in that era? You would have to find a uh, cropping of rocks mm -hmm. that was far away from the main village. Yeah. <laughs> and but you, all, you also need everyone to be drunk as shit. Like, there's no way you're going to convince the people. Right, you blindfold rocks. everybody with okay. a lambskin cloth so that okay. everybody's anonymous, lambskin. and you just kind of get put, like, pin the tail on a donkey. You get pushed up <laughs> to the rock, and you... And you, you know, you write whatever you need to. That, yeah, it's like automatic writing on rocks. The book goes on. Trump is currently playing a key role in the Q movement, and we often refer to him as Q+. But just like Peter fell off the wagon, so to speak, because he wasn't really getting the job done in properly teaching and spreading the gospel and setting up the ecclesia, church, and he was replaced by Paul, who Jesus recruited from the enemy camp. If Trump falls off the wagon, he will be replaced by someone else. Jesus will always go find another Peter if he has to. He'll go find another Paul. Christ this thing is much, much bigger than even most QAnon followers know. The modern QAnon movement is nothing short of the rebirth of 1776 AD, which was the rebirth of 33 AD. Wow. See, this Q movement is the Ecclesia, the Church of God, which really is no church. It is the kingdom of heaven on earth. This is precisely why the elites are fighting the Q movement so hard now and trying to censor it and everything that it is doing, which is exposing the elites slash Illuminati, serpent people, mm -hmm. the deep state, ah. with their counterfeit systems, the fiat currency-based central banks, yes. the money laundering, the theft, the unconstitutional and unethical income and property taxes, the modern-day slavery, especially human trafficking and Luciferian sex magic, and the ritualistic <laughs> blood sorcery and human sacrifice. This is what the elites, the devil's children, have been doing. 
these are the people running the world. How can you have the kingdom of heaven on earth with that in charge? You can't. QAnon is the movement to expose and purge that from every single aspect of society, hidden and out in the open. That's why this is revelation unfolding before your very eyes. That's why Q isn't just some crazy conspiracy theory. Q is very, very real. I am a very real integral part of it, and so are you. Each and every one of us has a calling to fulfill in this ushering in of the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's nothing less than the fulfilling of your destiny of becoming the best version of you that you can be. Wow. It's going to take all of us. Moses couldn't lead the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage if they weren't ready and willing to go. Jesus couldn't lead the disciples starting the original church and writing the scriptures that have led us to our understanding and spiritual growth of today unless they were willing to stand up to the pure evil that fought against them all and tortured and killed many of them. George Washington couldn't lead the colonists to fight against the British Army and Navy if they weren't willing to die for this very concept that we are still standing. Again, it really is incredible the amount of nonsense that Ethan can synthesize into a single paragraph without it actually having a coherent narrative position. If you asked me how one could connect the corrupt Vatican, fiat currency, the British Army and Navy, property taxes, and a bloodline of serpent people, and more, I would have to assume that the connection was probably rooted in anti-Semitism, and I would be pretty right about that. <laughs> Who are the other two sides of that pyramid? The other two pluses, plus and plus plus, mentioned in the posts. Well, that was revealed in later Q posts as the Rothschild family, international banking cartel, who married into the Grail bloodline, see Holy Blood, Holy Grail, by Michael Bajon, Richard Lee, and Henry Lincoln, and George Soros, who is a known Nazi collaborator who has openly bragged about his involvement with Nazis and betrayal of his own Jewish people. And on that one, I'll leave the research up to you, because there's way too much on that to go into in this book, but there is plenty out there that is easily accessible. Contact your local anti-Semite uh, Chick Tract uh, d- <laughs> yeah. distributor. Yeah, he, he says this quite a bit, where he'll he'll make a very large claim and then say, you know, there's it's too much to go into in this book. You know, uh, maybe I'll make another book about it or something. You can go look it up. Or he'll give like a YouTube hyperlink of someone proving <laughs> it. That's the most coherent way that he argues things. To be clear, Soros and his family fled the Holocaust. They were not Nazi collaborators. This, what I can best described as light Holocaust revisionism is a good example of how imminent anti-Semitism is to right-wing movements, especially QAnon. It's pretty unlikely for an Anon to not have done anti-Semitic tropes, not to mention the Rothschilds being chosen here as well as the second side of the Illuminati pyramid. It's always interesting how selective Anons are with which billionaires control the world, never looking at, for instance, like a white South African billionaire worth 150 billion, like Musk, as controlling the world, but instead deciding that a Jewish billionaire worth 8 billion, Soros, is controlling it all. Similarly, the Rothschilds, a Jewish family whose influence peaked in the 19th century, is seen as controlling the world as opposed to, for instance, the Anglo-Saxon Walton family, who currently have the largest net worth of a single family. The Rothschilds, that's just a classic, you yeah. know, it's 200 years strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All-timer for anti-Semitic tropes. Moving on, connecting Q to Jesus is not a particularly new phenomenon, but the twist added on with Lucas is his dislike for religion. A previously touched upon point within Lucas's worldview that is given to the reader in an incredibly shallow, contradictory, and useless way. But what if I told you that what Jesus came here to do was actually destroy religion, which is Babylon, or bondage? He came to set every single person free from the bondage of religion and even government. His original church, Ecclesia, was actually an anti-religion and anti-government, really much like the one our founders set up. I will explain this in much greater detail in the upcoming volumes of this book series. (laughs) True Christianity is very different than what has been taught and programmed for thousands of years. What we've been indoctrinated to believe is Christianity is actually a counterfeit created by the devil, who is the master (laughs) counterfeiter and creates a counterfeit of everything that God creates because he's jealous of God and wants to be God and he can never be God. He can only play God for the weak-minded, egomaniacal psychopaths who wish the same. True Christianity, the real church, Ecclesia, was meant to become the governing body of the world. 
There would actually be no separation of church and state because with the proper church and state, there would be no need to separate them because the real church has nothing to do with religion. It frees us from religion. And the real state has nothing to do with government. It frees us from government or, quote, mind control. And our founders actually laid the groundwork for this concept here in 1776, but it was quickly infiltrated and bastardized by the elites and used for their own nefarious purposes. Incorrect. Uh, the, the people who uh, employed the masses actually wanted it so they wouldn't have to pay the British any taxes. Yeah. Definitely. They hopped on board first and then they started ginning up uh, popular, uh, you know, uh, resentment for the British. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. Is like, you know, 1776 when it was like a slave colony, that was good. And then... You know, we sort of lost that, and I guess it became bad along the way somewhere. Maybe the, the Civil Rights Act is where it went wrong. Who knows? You might think that his anti-religious position is incoherent given his religiosity and open support for organized religion, and you'd be right. There really is no consistent worldview that is being built here, which isn't a surprise given that he's a Q supporter. It's just that Lucas's inconsistent worldview is a unique product of his own perfectly smooth brain and no one else's. In perfect and on form, Lucas also seems to have latched on to organized religion as part of the workings of the devil itself with a very specific hatred for Catholics. It's about taking our power back. Same thing Jesus set out to do when he started the church, the Ecclesia, 2,000 years ago. But after it was hijacked by Lucifer and his minions in the upper echelons of Rome and the Roman Catholic Church established authoritative dominance over Christianity, if you can't beat them, join them. Infiltration instead of invasion. Considering all this, especially the view that Jesus was anti-government and anti-religion, you might be confused to find out that Lucas is not a fan of separation of church and state. Let me make this very, 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 very clear at this point. There is never any separation between church and state. It's not possible. They just want you to think that is possible. It's classic divide and conquer, except with this spectacle, it's divide and conquer in the mind. Ooh. It's a play on your emotions. There's no real separation. Right. The current religion, and by the way, the root meaning of the word religion literally means return to bondage, <laughs> which is running the state, is one of the many flavors of religion or bondage used by Satanists and Luciferians to rule over the masses. It is what is commonly referred to as secular humanism. Oh, Ugh, this, he, he, this guy, he has these, 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 these sentences. They're like 40 words long. He's a big fan of doing etymology very poorly, but obviously to do it in a way that proves his theories. I think he has some impression that like words were created either by the devil to, sh to like show his plans in some ways or by God to like hint at the devil's plans. Mm -hmm. This will yeah. come back later. I think that's a pretty QAnon thing to do. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very symbolism will be their downfall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bi Bible baking. Right, literally, yeah. Lucas's actual politics can be best described as Christian fascism, and he only seems to have a dislike of organized religion because it is infiltrated by Satan. If we have a, a Q-esque <laughs> figure within government, again, ignoring that he states that Jesus is anti-government, then an expressly authoritarian regime which forces cultural and religious viewpoints into law and government is actually fine. Lucas likes to hide a lot of his actual unique or distinct political opinions, but there is a decent amount of this book where these beliefs can be sussed out. Now, back to the El Eats. This is where the eat part comes in. The Bible is chock full of eats. God's people were known as Israelites. <laughs> no, it already doesn't work. <laughs> <It's just> no. <laughs> and their arch enemy were the Canaanites. Why? Well, these were the descendants of Cain, the serpent people. Man. So for this to make sense, he you'd have to read it Elites. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, this just broke me. Yeah. And, you know, it's oh! important to point out... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've been I've been doing a, a a deep dive in the past week or so into this book. This is how I've been feeling the whole time. Uh, it's important. <laughs> it kills you. It kills you inside. <laughs> Israelites is like a really good new app. Uh, yeah, to, you know, get whatever you need on the Gaza Strip. I would like to point out that the suffix "it" or "eats" has nothing to do with being a descendant of Cain or the serpent people, but simply denotes an association with the place. So Canaanites mean person from Canaan. Right. The Bible is full of ites because people lived in places in the Bible. <laughs> How dare you? How yeah. dare you live? Yeah, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> it's too far. Also, descendants of Cain were canonically wiped out in the flood, so do not exist according to the Bible. But nevertheless, we continue. 
So anyway, these El-Eats are simply a specific branch of royal bloodlines who descended from the Canaanites, the serpent people. Hence the reason a lot of reference to the Illuminati being reptilian is found in researching this topic. And these serpent people who became the El-Eats, or simply just the Elites, are the Satanists who worship the god El, or Saturn, in ancient Babylonian times. Now it is often argued that the name El was a more generic name or title meaning god in a very vague way, hence the reason why the words elect, elder, elevated, Elohim, temple, circle, gospel, apostle, disciple, evangelists, etc. all derive from the cult of El. Some beautiful wow. etymological work being done. Groundbreaking wow. stuff. Finding words that just have E and then an L. It's all connected. This, Elder this, Scrolls. This oh, guy, I think, has go. a deeper a deeper mind palace even than the guy who did the numerology cue book. Yeah. This guy is on some truly... He is baking fucking like phonetic uh, connectors inside <laughs> of words. Oh, yeah. And he's clearly been thinking about this for a while. Mm -hmm. And Q is, I guess, a perfect thing for him to connect it all. So basically, for Lucas, as long as we get rid of this reptilian bloodline occupied by elites that control our society from the shadows, then we can have an enforced state religion and it will be the ideal <laughs> form of government. So yeah, I hope you better understand why I'm comparing him to Eichmann so much. In a certain sense, Lucas isn't really doing too much new here insofar as religious people have for the past year and a half connected the fight between God and Satan with the fight between Trump and the deep state. Every Q supporter is really just repeating the same political viewpoints um, that they've seen on Q-related message boards and twisting them slightly but only aesthetically. The change never really alters the actual political goals of the movement, which will always be far-right nationalism, pro-military, pro-cop, etc. What really matters then in terms of a substantive difference, is the real-world politics of an Anon and what their baking theories produce. To further elaborate on the actual politics of Lucas, he openly believes that revolution is the solution to the world's problems. What comes after Q? Because after all of this is said and done, there has to be a mass movement by patriots, Christians, and the good people of this nation and the world in general to usher in our golden age— push out the criminals from power, and make sure it never happens again. So my answer to the question, what comes after Q? R. Revolution. Resurrection. Reset. Remembrance. Rise up. Roll out. Redemption. Reformation. Realignment. Realization. Retribution. Resistance. He's scatting now. Mm -hmm. Doing some <laughs> slam poetry. Do not. Do not. Scatman John is a fucking saint. <laughs> He's going to break into Q. freestyle soon. The Skip Man Q. <laughs> He's going to start beatboxing in the text. It's just it's like, bit, boom, ba, bit, bit, boom. <laughs> Skip it, a dat to Q and on. I mean, like, however much, like, showing how much he hates, like, grammar conventions. I'm sure that's like just literally the next step from the things that he's done. But he's he's not too specific on what this protracted Patriot People's War would look like. But I would not be surprised if it was inspired at least in part by Timothy McVeigh. Welcome to the revolution. The revolution of what though, you might ask? The revolution to do your part in waking up fellow humans to the tragedy of the classic divide and conquer that has been used on all of us in order for them to keep their power and keep us at bay. Their fake racism and fake sexism and fake xenophobia and gender dysphoria and the attack on infant human life oh and conservative family values that drive individual prosperity, security, and happiness. The revolution to stop crony capitalism and usher in cooperative capitalism, conscious capitalism. What? Capitalism isn't keeping you poor. Crony capitalism is keeping you poor. I mean, unless it's you keeping you poor because you're lazy and unwilling to contribute value to society, which is how wealth is created. Wow. Wow. So going for it, Full. Baby. Going full. He was like 98% Nazi before, oh, and yeah. now he's, he's reached a full unbridled 101%. I just love that he was like, okay, I'm going to connect Jesus to Q, then it comes to Q, and he's like, I don't have time to explain that. <laughs> Anyways, I got to get into capitalism. <laughs> Lots of time to tell you why that's so good. Yeah. And the resolution will lead you to more capitalism. I haven't included it in the quotes, but he is also uh, Nisara pilled and double oh, fund yes. his yeah, yeah, we did an episode uh, on that. Incredible stuff. Mm -hmm. It's essentially just the, the basic highlights of it. But yeah, he views that as the proper economic system, I believe. Mm -hmm. So it's good yep. stuff. But right. yeah, 
with that quote, he like he can he's trying to do the national socialist thing, but he can't keep up the shtick for like a full paragraph and has to resort <laughs> to lecturing people to pull themselves up by the bootstrap. You can you can tell he's he's not the best ideologue. Mm-hmm. There's there's clearly better Q ideologues, which is why I guess he has 700 followers on Facebook. If Ethan was telling the truth, then he's also a business owner and probably well off. So it's not a surprise that his solution to social inequality and suffering is essentially just to support Q. The enemy has used this against us and created an environment where we are blind to our own enslavement and the horrors they are performing behind the scenes and making sure that we're all too busy trying to barely stay afloat and survive so that we don't take to the streets, hunt them down and hang them all. And while that is what they deserve, luckily we have Q in a position to change it all back to the way Jesus and our founders intended without all the unnecessary violence. So I'm now imagining like one of those like dinosaurs meet Jesus museums that are revisionist creationist mm-hmm. uh, museums, but they're he's like riding the founding fathers and yeah, he's just there. That's how it, that's his revolution basically. Yeah. He briefly made an appearance in 1776, <laughs> famously. He, he's left a, a secret map on the back of the uh, Declaration of Independence. It was actually Jesus, Jesus who wrote in invisible ink uh, yeah. where to find the treasure. Then Jesus sat with uh, Ben Franklin, and they came up with the Benjamin Franklin Bill. <laughs> well, time travel will come up later. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> now, of course... If Q were to fail in some way, who knows what his opinion of, on all that unnecessary violence would be. The Donald Trump's there. All of the corruption is on display. It's been fully exposed. Q is real, and you're witnessing it roll out in the final stages right now. But I will tell you, we don't know how it's going to happen. And no matter how much uh, Q followers say, well, well, Q says trust the plan, trust the plan. Well, we do trust the plan. And I think they are in control as much as they can be. But you have to understand, no matter how much Donald Trump is in control and our military and military intelligence is in control, that does not stop the deep state traitors and the Democrat Party and and the rhinos from joining with communist China in a secession movement to try to break away from the United States to save their asses because they've been caught red-handed. doesn't stop that. And it doesn't stop China from attacking us. So all I'm saying is get ready because we may be headed into a very long war and it may very well happen that Trump is the last president we see for the United States because there may not be a United States as we know it anymore. So that prophecy may actually come true. All of those Q people who said Trump will be the last president, well, even though I didn't necessarily believe it, I'm starting to see a scenario for it now. So all bets are off, people. Get ready. I, if you don't have ammo, get it now. It's probably too late. If you don't have food, get it now. I would stock up because Biden said it. He wasn't kidding. We're in for a dark winter. That's what's about to happen. It's going to be a dark winter. And this could be a very long war. I mean, this could, I mean the, the Civil War lasted four or five years. This could be even longer. So all I'm saying is, <laughs> I just almost bit the dust. I'm just saying, get ready, people. He's walking through like the most beautiful, just snow-covered trees. And his uh, footsteps, when he shuts up for a minute, just sound lovely as they crunch into the delicate snow. Uh, but he is very intent on getting you to buy ammo and food. Yeah, to go to war with China. But yeah, what we essentially saw there was him hinting at revolution, I guess, or helping inspire it. Or helping inspire mm-hmm. some sort of violent acts in some way. Oh but, yeah, he's going full boogaloo there. Oh yeah, totally. But in like, I love that you think that in your first like boogaloo breakout of violence, the Chinese are going to be there too. Yeah, <laughs> just a faction of Chinese soldiers. No. Antifa and Chinese soldiers fighting side by side. It is the so so common that people invade American land uh, as a sovereign country. It happens all the time. How many troop incursions have they had now? <laughs> But yeah, Lucas absolutely works within the realm of acceptable discourse here, but it's fairly clear what he wants outside of it. It sort of reminds me of, I believe it was in the Arizona rally you guys covered. There was that one guy who got in trouble for like encouraging violence, and he made it very clear when right. he was at the rally, like, I'm not encouraging violence. You know, He was very much so trying to remain in the acceptable realm of discourse. I mean, like, we, we just want a good election, individual rights, no no revolution stuff. That seems like, when, when you know that's, of course, what he wants. It reminds me a lot yeah. of Lucas here. In the same way that it's obvious to anyone who understands what protecting individual rights means, 
a value that Lucas espouses to in this book and elsewhere, that these rites are entirely antithetical to a theocracy or state-mandated religion. It's clear that the language of individual rights is not what Lucas really wants. And it also seems clear to me the method of political change that Lucas wants does not concern itself with electoral reform. It's nothing less than the fulfilling of your destiny of becoming the best version of you that you can be. And it's going to take all of us. So yeah, that's sort of his individual political beliefs. He very much so attempts to hint at it. But I'm sure if there were people who were taking to the streets a Boogaloo style, like fighting against the police, he would be smiling. Much of the rest of this book is drivel that if you're familiar with Q COVID denialism, general Q conspiracy theories, hatred of Fauci and Bill Gates, and of communist China, etc., then you're likely already pretty familiar with. One final thing that I want to note that he picks up which has got to be my favorite Q conspiracy theory, relates to the story of a children's book published by Ingersoll Lockwood in 1890 titled The Travels oh, yes. and Adventures of Little Baron Trump and His Wonderful Dog Bulger. <laughs> in the 1890s, an author by the name of Ingersoll Lockwood published two children's books and one short book, and they were all very, very interesting, to say the least. Well, with regard to this whole Q situation anyway... His first book was titled, The Travels and Adventures of Little Baron Trump and His Wonderful Dog, Bulger. <laughs> then, his second book was titled, Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey. And finally, his last book was titled, 1900, or The Last President. Obviously, at first glance, the name Baron Trump and the title, The Last President, will sort of make you do a double take. <laughs> but is it just a coincidence? Well, let's go a little deeper. In these books from the 1890s, little Baron Trump comes from a very wealthy family and lives on Fifth Avenue in New York City in what is called Trump Castle. Yes, just like <laughs> Trump Tower, which is also on Fifth Avenue in NYC. He also has a dog named Bulger, and they go on a series of crazy adventures via time travel and extra-dimensional travel with the help of a magical character, think Obama's magic wand statement about Trump, named Don Fum, and they end up in Russia. I'm not even kidding a little bit. Yes, Russia. This is cool. What are your predictions on how, how he's going to bake Fum? Hmm. Ah, I know. It's an ancient Judeo-Christian pronunciation for thumb. <laughs> Honestly, like, you're pretty halfway there. <laughs> the broader coincidence between these random set of novels published 130 years ago and Donald Barron Trump is, of course, hilarious by itself. Ethan is, at least to an extent, being true to the content of the novels. Insofar as Barron Trump does live in a castle Trump, which strangely resembles the idea of Trump Hotel. But of course, in the world of logic and reason, this is simply a coincidence. It would be more unlikely for these types of coincidences not to happen at all than it would that they seldom appear. This doesn't stop Q people, specifically Lucas, from somehow turning this into proof of Q, though. Now, this may just seem a little coincidental on the surface, but not only is Trump Tower located in NYC on Fifth Ave, take a look at the last name Fum. When you look up the meaning of fum, you will find that the German oh, meaning yes. is drum. Yes. And the English meaning of that name is trumpet or trump. <laughs> and when you look up the meaning of the surname uh, trump, it literally means drum. Woo. Wait, wait, it gets better. In Chinese mythology, fum means phoenix or uprising. Think Q. And fum can also mean mob or riot. And we've all seen what Antifa has done in response to Trump as POTUS. Again. Not so coincidental. And moving along, because there's more, if you study mythology and ancient symbology at all, you'll know that the phoenix is the mythological bird that is immortal and resurrects and rises from its own ashes upon sacrificing itself. Another tie between Jesus and Trump. Also, Eric and Laura Trump adopted a dog that looks just like <laughs> the pictures of little Baron Trump's dog in the books. Uh. Now, the dog's name isn't Bulger, it is Ben, which means son of, uh, but it is a beagle. And for everyone who studies etymology, you damn well know that words of the same meaning and root word origin often vary slightly in spelling by switching around the order of the letters or the substitution of a letter or two, depending on cultural influence at the time. Wow. But they indeed are usually from the same root word. 
And actually, we still haven't even talked about the last book that Lockwood wrote, or how eerily the pictures of little Baron Trump in the books match Baron Trump in real life. I mean, come on, man. This sketch was made in a book over a hundred years ago <laughs> with all of the above-mentioned info, and this is the side-by-side -side comparison of little Baron Trump from Lockwood Books and Baron Trump. You can't make this up. Even his hair is parted in the same way. Anyway, moving on. I wish there was some way to show how ridiculous the side-by-side -side offered by Lucas of the drawing of the boy from the real 1890s book in the photo of Baron Trump and his dog is. But it really is some good stuff. You can search up the Baron Trump novel cover and the image of Baron Trump's face beside it if, if uh, the reader or if the listener would like to like wow. to see this very excellent photo. You're sounding a lot like Ethan right now. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm just... These are these Do your are, own research. Yeah, Tell, Everyone, telling, our, telling our listeners how to get pilled. <laughs> Everyone deserves to know the truth. You can go look yeah. it up. It's on the internet. You can find Liv it. Liv just has a list of URLs she wants to read out to you. They might be dead by the time you <laughs> <laughs> manually type them in. What's even better is Lucas's account of why this similarity has taken place. I'd like to remind the listener while they are listening to this that this is supposed to be a book about the connection between Jesus and QAnon. John Trump, Donald Trump's uncle, was a physicist and engineer who worked for MIT when Nikola Tesla passed away. And of course, as governments have always done throughout history, in authoritarian fashion, upon Tesla's death they confiscated all of his works. Then of course they proceeded to hire engineers and scientists to decipher Tesla's work. John Trump was a part of that team. Later in his life, in interview, John Trump talks about how Tesla's work and his notes had influenced him to study new things that went beyond what was thought possible or even probable. And as you may have already realized, the speculation about discovering time travel by Trump comes from this. Again, while I'm not ready to buy into the time travel theory on this one, I won't fully discount it as a possibility. I have a tendency to believe that the Lockwood books were written by divine inspiration, astral projection, out-of-body experience, or some other more natural or supernatural means. And even though I would consider other methods to be possible, I won't begin to speculate about them here. But it seems that maybe, if Tesla had discovered time travel, John Trump died before it was fully understood, or possibly the work was continued by John Trump, passed on, and is now in the hands of Donald Trump, and it has since been discovered. This, of course, is being considered as a possibility by some, as John Trump did leave his nephew, Donald Trump, with all of his findings and work, possibly in hopes that at a later date, that the Trump family would be able to work with trusted engineers and scientists to complete what was started long ago by Tesla and then picked up by the Trump family. And if you really want to study the Trump time traveler hypothesis, just look up John Tidor, the famous time traveler. The story of John Trump, Donald's uncle, searching through Tesla's belongings to find a super weapon is actually true. He didn't find anything, of course. So after Dr. Tesla had let the world know of his secret weapon, after he had written letters to the King of England and to the Tsar of Russia, offering them this weapon at a time when both were engaged against the Germans in World War II, no evidence or papers were found which referred to any such secret weapon. My report to Dr. Compton was that I saw no danger in releasing these papers and these relics to his heirs. Miss Musar had arrived too late to know who had opened Dr. Tesla's safe or what had been removed. And Dr. Trump had found nothing which he considered dangerous or a secret weapon. Just as with Ethan in his book, the obvious fact that John Trump did not find anything has not stopped YouTube commenters on the John Trump Tesla interview video from claiming that it is not the case that he didn't find anything. One commenter says, free energy, hashtag the great awakening. And another says, yeah, he stole Tesla's ideas. Wow. To which some, <laughs> <laughs> to which someone else replies, do you even have ears and a brain? <laughs> oh, people are cruel online. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's also important to note that at no point had Tesla ever claimed or attempted to do time travel. Unlike the ray gun doom weapon he claimed he possessed, he was never even under the impression that time travel was possible. This, of course, will never stop someone like Ethan Lucas from making that claim. It isn't really clear how this connects to Jesus and QAnon, nor does the majority of the book, but I hope that the most interesting and uniquely stupid part of this book was in some ways entertaining. Mm -hmm. Ethan Lucas isn't like the average Q enjoyer, he's more of a Q enthusiast, and has some thoughts which are as stupid as all other Anons, of course, but stupid in a very special way. He's a once-in-a-generation moron. 
<laughs> who I'm sure would generate better reader membership if he actually bothered to edit his work in the slightest or think about how to organize his thoughts properly into chapters. These thoughts were very funny to me when I began reading this book. And then when I agreed to do a, a book club on this and I got through about half of the 200 or so pages of this book, it began to be a little bit less funny than before. <laughs> But it was worth it to be able to deliver a book club for what I could best describe as Bein Kampf in the 21st century. John Trump searched through the ruffled scribbles and notes that were to be passed on to Tesla's estate. Nothing but the ramblings of a genius turned madman who was convinced that the Tsar of Russia would be interested in his fictional ray gun. We gotta wrap this up, said the CIA boss, overseeing the investigation to extract crucial information from Tesla's estate before handing it back to his family. I got an adrenal gland to extract at three, and no ray gun blueprint is worth getting in the way of that. Of course, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Was John Trump's reply. He knew of all the evil that the three-letter agencies had committed, and he reviled his job and his superiors. If only there was some way for him to fight back, some way for John Trump to absolve himself of working under these awful people. Continuing to look through the boxes and boxes of Tesla's notes and half-finished designs, John noticed something. Suddenly, the words on the coffee-stained papers no longer read out in English, but in Cyrillic? <laughs> but what was this? John had been blessed with an abnormally high IQ and had picked up some Serbian in high school. He looked harder at the words. But what is this? Doindal Tayatsmer. No, D Donald Trump. Of course. Could this be? My nephew. John Trump looked behind him to make sure the shadow cabal operators which escorted him were not looking. They must be going on an adrenochrome break, he thought, reading carefully the Cyrillic text and the strange-looking diagrams that accompanied it. A method for employing sinusoidal oscillation of electrical bombardment on the surface of one Kerr-type singularity in such a method to take advantage of lens-theoring effect. Dual singularities in the Kerr field? Null time event horizon? No. John had taken a few courses in quantum mechanics in his spare time, and he began to understand what this meant. A time machine! Shocked by this revelation, John quickly looked back to make sure that the deep state operative was gone, and shoved the important, relevant notes in his briefcase for later inspection. He knew that Tesla predicted him coming across this, and had something in mind for his nephew. But what? The CIA operative suddenly returned. Anything important? Maybe something about how we could molest and entrap children in here? <laughs> John Trump gagged. No, sir. Seems like there is nothing here of relevance at all. He appears to have gone mad. All right. Well, then let's pack it up and leave. I've got a meeting with the Gates Foundation soon, and we shouldn't be wasting time here anyways. Later that day, John got to work deciphering the notes given to him by Tesla in his basement. Donald Trump is the, s the savior. You must go back and write... <laughs> Sci-fi young adult novels. What? Surely he was reading this wrong. No, it must have been. This is how we save the Earth from Satan. He furiously read more to find anything that could help him understand. Within these notes were two photos. One of what appears to be a very tall, young boy with blonde hair, with the caption, Baron Trump. The other, a photo of a small dog. Give coming-of-age sci-fi adventure novel about <laughs> these to Lockwood. Contact Lockwood. Lockwood? Who could that mean? There are so many Lockwoods throughout time. Where was he to travel? Flash forward a few days, and John had not slept at all. He had fully deciphered the blueprint provided by Tesla, the Tidor machine, as it had been called by him. The parts had been relatively simple to find, and due to his genius level IQ and advanced knowledge of quantum mechanics, he found no issue assembling it. He also found no issue making the books. As a genius-level writer, he had produced them fairly quickly, along the exact description provided by Tesla. The question was, where to put it? Which Lockwood? The only thing he had to go off was the date, and the location of the machine according to the initial settings. New York, 1890. He knew that wherever this Lockwood was, he would have to find him then and there. He stepped into the contraption, newly written adventure book series in hand, and clicked the time travel button. <laughs> The machine began to purr in him, and what sounded like a large blast went off all around him. John began to feel space and time contracted on his body. He saw his life flash before his eyes. No, not his life, 
That was not his dad. That was his brother. He was now much older. He's going down an escalator. Now he was speaking to adoring crowds. Then he was in the White House. But who is that? No, not the CIA. Don't come closer. This is a message from the deep state in Moloch. The CIA agent said. If you try to mess around with things too badly, you'll get some more of these. The CIA agent appeared to punch me. No, not me. Donald. He punched Donald right in the gut. And that's what happens when you try to drain the swamp. <laughs> John awoke from what felt like a dream, but not a dream, so much realer, and realized he was not in the present, but 1890. The New York that he knew and loved was so much different. <laughs> Horse-drawn carriages filled the streets. He knew what he had to do now, what the stakes were for his nephew. He also knew that he had to contact Lockwood and that the future hung in the balance. John walked a few blocks of old New York, trying to find his bearings. He began to ask around about a Lockwood to no avail. After hours of searching, he seemed to have hit a dead end. No one knew who Lockwood was. Was this all a ruse? Had he gone back for nothing? John's fatigue was getting to him, and he didn't notice the small mob of Mediterranean-looking individuals <laughs> in front of him. Bumping into the first one so hard, he fell flat on his ass. Hey, I'm walking here. Watch where you're freaking going, Paisan. My, my, my apologies. John Trump replied, struggling to get up, knowing the last thing he wanted to do was cause trouble. Word on the street is that you're looking for a man named Lockwood. Ingersoll Lockwood? Well, we don't take too kindly to that, see? Our boss is making sure that no unsuspecting traveler gets in contact with him. Says it's pretty important. Something about destroying the white race. And honestly, Given the historical context, that is a concept which we have yet to be integrated into, so I am all for that. <laughs> the menacing Mediterranean gang began to slowly move towards John. Their pre-regulation baseball bats... <laughs> their pre-regulation baseball bats being much longer and clearly filled with some dangerous hard-hitting cork. John knew pretty clearly what was happening here. And in a flash, he got up and started running. Hey, whoa, get back here! The mobster yelled at him, ducking around crowds and through horse carriages. John Trump desperately tried to get away from the mob. He knew the forces of evil had followed him to 1890, but he didn't realize that they would have been such a present threat so quickly. Thankfully for John, he was also a natural athlete and had the ability to run for very long durations at a time. Unfortunately for the mobsters, their diet of pizza and adrenochrome did not combine well for endurance running. Eventually, he lost them. And now he had the final piece of the puzzle, Ingersoll Lockwood. Of course, John's extensive knowledge of 19th century American literature made him, <laughs> made him immediately understand who that was and why Tesla wanted him to deliver these books. Lockwood was easy to find. His house was a modest one, but big enough that it was clear he would have supported John's nephew in his future elections. John knocked on his door twice nothing. He knocked again. Still nothing. He was worried he had missed something. Maybe be a secret knocking pattern that Tesla told him to do. Thankfully, John began to hear footsteps. As the door opened, he was absolutely dumbfounded. Hello, boy. I've been expecting you. Flynn? John responded. Hush, boy. You want to blow my cover? The deep state is everywhere, you see. How are you? John was truly speechless. Don't you see, boy? I went back to the past. How? That does not matter now. What matters is you provide me with the payload. Uh, uh, of course. John handed Flynn the set of children adventure books that he had written and planned to hand off. Tell me. John replied. What is this all for? Oh, you see, boy. Flynn responded. We have got to trust the plan. And trusting the plan requires that you do not ask questions. You, like everyone else who was part of the mission, have done your part. And maybe someday, someone in the future will understand the genius and heroism required for you to have given these books to me. But where do I go? John replied. Am I, am I stuck here with, with you? Flynn chuckled. Oh, of course not. You aren't the only one with a time machine, you see. I can send you on your way back to the future. And with that, Flynn ushered John Trump into a back room in his house. We had his own time machine assembled. It was a crude chair with something strange protruding from the bottom part of it, moving up and down. <laughs> you see, boy, Tesla wasn't the only one who thought of making one of these. Now, drop your trousers. <laughs> of course, it all made sense. John had known Flynn for a long time, a member of military intelligence who had been incredibly crucial in America's military success. Flynn had always been good to the Trumps, and now John knew exactly why. He sat down on the machine. 
the sudden bang was a much familiar feeling. He began traveling through time once again, now seeing another man. Not Donald, but a man named Ethan. Ethan Lucas. He saw a vision of Ethan posting on his phone, on a program called Facebook. Looking at what this man had said, John knew that he figured it out. He had used his incredible knowledge to see the risks taken by John to show the world the truth. He had connected the dots, and John knew that he would be remembered the way that he deserved. Enshrined in history as a man who had fought the deep state and not worked for it, John knew that he would be remembered as a hero. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous, where you can subscribe for five bucks a month and get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. And for everything else, we have QAnonAnonymous.com, where you'll find merch, a link to our Discord, access to the lost episodes, etc. Listeners, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. This is serious, and, it, and you're about to see all of it come to a head. I think because the, the Democrat Party is essentially owned completely by the Communist Chinese Party now, 100%. That's why you see all of them saying totally batshit crazy stuff, like you can't even believe it. And they do it with impunity, with a straight face. Like, yeah, that's just how it is. Because they've been bought and paid for. Just like Mitch McConnell, I guarantee you, I would bet everything I have and everything I will ever have that Mitch McConnell was on the CCP payroll. Guaranteed. And you're gonna see all this stuff come out very soon, but I think here's what's about to happen. And then I'm gonna jump off of here because it's kind of cold out here, to be honest with you. Um,